All right, it's time to get your game right, get your mind right. Today we're working on getting our biceps and body right as well. We have Brett Cummins on the show. Brett is a trainer. He's he's a, a performance coach at 180 Sports Performance in Georgia. He's a GA boy. Are you a Bulldogs guy? Of course, man. We're about 30 minutes from Athens, man, so it's uh, it's tough sometimes, but yeah, I go for the dogs. Okay, cool. Well, Brett, thanks for being on the show, man. Let's uh, We'll just dig into some of this stuff. Obviously, you know, your background is in mm -hmm. performance, training, mental performance, physical performance, things of that nature. Right. right now, as for baseball athletes, it's a crucial time if you're not in another sport to try to mm -hmm. keep your body in shape and, and make some gains going into the next season. Mm -hmm. Do you work during the off season? You have a program, I think, that's out already, right? Right, I do. So you have a program that somebody could go. Where do they go find it? Let's just start there. Uh, the easiest part is just go to my website. It's just uh, you know BrettCumminsTraining.com. Uh, I think the product, the the, uh, the program's under my products page, which I only have one right now, so it's pretty easy to find. Okay, cool, cool. So he's got a product out. You're gonna have to check that out. What is what does it run through? What's your focus as far as uh, when you get young athletes in? Do you, do you specify? Okay, he wants to play football or she wants to play softball, and go you know, from there. You know, when, when it's young athletes, and I'm, and I'm talking like, you know, 12, 13, 14, 15 years old, mm -hmm. um, I think a lot of this depends on their training age. Um, for me, you know, at, at that young of ages, I don't necessarily look at baseball or basketball. Um, I, you know, the younger they are, I just try to make them good athletes. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. You know, try, try to increase their athletic qualities as best I can. And every athlete's different. So right. that's where you say it depends on the kid. And that's right. Because I get tons of people that ask me, you know, when should kids start? lifting weights when should they mm -hmm. start throwing curveballs when should they start right. doing this and that and i'm like well some of it's just going to depend on did they get a hair under their armpit sooner or later you know what i mean <laughs> right 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 i was a kid i was a late bloomer so yeah. i was the kid i was like uh in eighth grade mm -hmm. uh shooting hoops and didn't have hair under my armpits and was embarrassed about it you know right but really i hit my my strides like kind of junior year of high school yeah Part of the issue was, man, we were we were that was when the power lifting was really, really popular, mm -hmm. like super popular. And we were, yep. I would be going to the gym like 6 a.m. weights and we would do some little warm up routine thing. And then I would just go put like 225 on the on the bar and start cleaning, yeah. you know, ah, you're doing more than me in high school. <laughs> well, and that's why I had two back surgeries, probably. Right. <laughs> you know, so I think getting somebody that is that's their specific quality is the how do they train athletes is imperative yeah. especially yeah. at younger ages i just mm -hmm. i don't like seeing uh kids get into that position of right they're trying to move way too much weight too early yep. they don't know what their body's even doing yet uh mm -hmm. so i always try to caution people you know right your kid your kid's body and their maturity is going to somewhat depend on what you're doing at times right well you know in, in the training aspect i tell people like this especially you know baseball parents or, or young players that you know, if I took a 10-year-old child and he's never hit a baseball day in his life, I'm not going to put him up against, you know, Steven Strasburg first day. You yeah. know, that, that would just be, you know, dangerous to be, you know, uh, wouldn't be good. You know, but the same thing you can say with weights. But, you know, the reality is in the training aspect of things, you know, we kind of see the opposite. You know, we all agree that day one you would never put a kid in a cage with a 100-mile-per-hour fastball. But you just kind of see the opposite where I'm coming from as, you know, day one you'll see kids under a barbell or, you know, are, pick, are trying to pick up 225 or bench press, you know, twice their body weight, you know, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, we're – we're safe in some regards, but then sometimes with the weight room, with the training setting, you know, we kind of, you know, lose that common sense factor. 
Yeah, you can go to any any Lifetime Fitness at 6 a.m. and you'll see the common sense factor out the window. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, oh, yeah. But, but, and it depends on what you're trying to do, you know. I, I think yep. what we're realizing in sports right now is functionality mm-hmm. it increases your performance more than just getting big and bulky. Right. 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 Yeah. And the steroid era in baseball was a good example of everybody was just trying to keep up with the Joneses just there. Get, they, get huge. Oh, yeah. They, but they were having, they had some help. Mm-hmm. You know, that wasn't natural. So yeah. w- w- now, and I was kind of on the tail end of all that. And, and mm-hmm. now when I look back, I'm like, man, I wish I would have trained harder in areas like flexibility, mm-hmm. uh, done more, some more agility training as opposed to let's just hammer out the heavy stuff. Right. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's funny, you know, you're, you're a hundred percent dead on, you know, back in those days, you know, even when I was in high school, it was, you know, how much can you lift, you know, can you, mm-hmm. can you, you know, squat twice or whatever, whatever it was. Uh, and now we've kind of gotten the sense of, you know, some parents feel the complete opposite. You know, if I lift, you know, my kid's going to get tight. He's going to get bulky. He won't be able to throw, won't be able to hit, won't be able to move, which, you know, if it's a good training program, you know, those, those should not be a worry at all. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what I tell, what I tell new trainers, what I tell baseball guys, um, you know, you have to mesh a couple of things. You know, one, you have to understand the game of baseball, you know, and what it requires. You know, I think that's where a lot of trainers who want to get into this niche go wrong. Um, they don't quite understand, you know, the requirements of throwing a baseball or hitting a baseball. You know, it's kind of the physical characteristics char- characteristics that go into those things. Um, two, and I think that you know, another big thing that doesn't get talked about near enough is, you know, understanding anatomy. You know, if you don't understand anatomy um, and, and baseball, you know, good luck to you because baseball is one of those sports where, you know, the, you know, the shoulder and the elbow are, are put in very stressful situations. So you really have to be good at that. And then three, just, you know, meshing those two things with, with a good strength program. You know, and if you can somehow, you know, mesh those three um, and, and, you know, kind of mesh, you know, the overall stress that's playing the game, I think you're set. Mm-hmm. You know, the other stuff is, is, is fun. You know, it's kind of tinkering with programming, tinkering with, you know, you know, what single leg variation to do. Um, but I think those three main things are, 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 are three big things a lot of people miss out on. Yeah, and athletes, baseball, we're kind of the king of compensators. And what I mean right. by compensators. Yeah, no, absolutely. For the people that don't know, is like w- our body will adjust to perform even with yep. injury. Because rotational uh, sports, there's a lot of stress on only certain parts of the body. And right. it's not equal, you know. Right. So I swung left-handed. So I swung a baseball bat like 500 million times left-handed. But I've never rotated uh, like a right-handed swing even right. close to that. Right. So I think, you know, towards now, they're starting to come out with better ideas of, hey, how do we, instead of having your body having to compensate, how do we mm-hmm. put you in a, in a position to where your body is rotating the other way and staying more balanced? Right. right. You know, and I think speaking of that as well, uh, you know, you know, baseball, as you know, you know, it's, it's asymmetrical. It's one sided. Um, it doesn't matter how careful you are. If you play 162 plus games in a season, um, you know, you're going to develop imbalances. It's just mm-hmm. kind of the nature of the beast. You know, it's our job as training professionals, as strength coaches, you know, whatever you want to call it, to, to be able to recognize those imbalances, to get somebody back to neutral or close to neutral um, and, and hopes to put them in a better position for the following year. Yeah, and, and a lot of injury prevention. I'm, I'm a big fan of still lifting weights. I'm not yeah, telling okay, you, know, absolutely. you got it. The only way you're going to get stronger is lift heavy things at right. times, right? Yeah, you're absolutely. not just going to gain strength by uh, just doing a yoga workout once a week. Yep. No, I agree. So, uh, don't, I don't want anybody to get it twisted that I'm like against anti weights. <laughs> right. At all. I'm just you be smart about it. There's yeah. ways to make better gains, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, as far as injuries go in baseball right now, the biggest one we see, obviously, with the, the younger kids is the Tommy John. 
Right. And, and the, the strain on, on the elbow, like you were saying, and mm -hmm. you know, everybody asks, what do you think Andy about what, what's the reason behind it? And I think some of it's athletes are just getting stronger quicker. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's also, they're throwing too much. Yeah. Like absolutely. those, those are the number one and number two things, right. You know, cause guys, they're 16 year olds throwing like 88 miles an hour. Right. That's their bodies. They're still going to grow quite a bit. Right. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, you know, it kind of speak to that too. I think you know it's it's hard. I, you know, you're like you're like me. You know, you probably get asked that question a lot. Um, it, it's hard to pinpoint just one thing. I obviously, I definitely think overuse is one thing. You know, especially down here in the south. You know, when you can play baseball, you know, damn near twelve months a year. You know, it's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's pretty warm here in December. It's not like it's up in Michigan where it's freezing. You know, so um, you know, you can play baseball down here a lot. Um, I think too, you know, guys are getting stronger, but are they get, are are they getting stronger in the right way? You know, if you can deadlift, you know, 500 plus pounds, you know, that's great. But if you can't put your head, uh, your, your arms overhead without making a compensation, you know, that's an issue. Mm -hmm. You know, so now you've got a lot of power under you, but, you know, you can't harness it in the right ways. Um, you know, and too, and, you know, you can speak loads to this more than I ever will be able to, but, you know, mechanics. You know, let's face it, man, we, mm -hmm. see, a lot of, we see a lot of weak kids with poor mechanics. And when you, when you mesh, you know, no strength with, with poor mechanics in the pitching, in the pitching motion – um, you're kind of asking for, for an injury. And then when you, when you throw on inning after inning after inning and tournament after tournament, I mean, it, to me, the Tommy John epidemic going on right now in youth baseball, and everybody acts shocked at it. But if we actually look at what's going on, you know, should it really be that shocking to us? You know, so. Yeah, not at all. And it's something that things like this happen, but we, we as an industry and as a sport and as for the younger players, we need to make an adjustment, at least make it aware, give awareness to parents. Right. First of all, because what, what parent doesn't want their kid to succeed? They just, there's not a parent right. on the planet that's taking their right. kids to tournaments and stuff on the weekends that doesn't right. want their kid to succeed, have the Absolutely. most advantage, say, hey, if we play a, a hundred games this summer, you're going to get better. You're going to get seen. You're going to, we're going to go to the showcase. Mm -hmm. But there is a point, and this is the hardest thing, and this is hard for me. Like mm -hmm. my wife would tell you, I don't slow down. Like I go, yeah. like I have one speed. If I'm doing something, I'm going. Yeah. Well, but having, it's having, it's a responsibility. The parents need to help their kids slow down at times. Oh, yeah. I think. Absolutely. And I was training one of my pro guys today who's a pitcher. And we were talking about, you know, just overuse injuries in general as, as he was going through his workout. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know, it's funny for you more competitive guys, you know, you'll go to a pitching coach or your, your, your team coach, whoever it is, and you'll, and you'll work on things. Mm -hmm. You know, from a competitive standpoint, you know, like if it was me, I want to go right home and be like, you know, mom, I'm going to go out in the backyard. I'm going to work on these, on these, on this, on the stuff I just worked on with the coach. You know, when in reality, you know, it's probably the best thing to kind of back off a little bit. But, you know, I see so many competitive guys in baseball that do that. And it's, it's done with good intentions, mm -hmm. but they just need to know when to kind of pump the brakes a little bit. And, and being able to work efficiently. So, yeah. you, you know, you can, you can go into a weight room for three hours and not get anything done. Right. Or you can go in and to a weight room for 30 minutes and yep. get a nice workout in. Absolutely. It's kind of the same way in baseball. I've seen it time as so many people, they'll go in and take like 500 cuts in the, in the cage yeah. and think they were really productive when mm -hmm. they didn't work on anything or get back better at anything that day. Right. So I, I always went into it with a mindset of this is my time. Like I'm going to go get better at it right mm -hmm. now. I'm not going to go yep. and kind of, you know, just take go through the motions and put in the reps, quote unquote, and right. say that's good enough. And right. that's the separating factors. And yeah. that all comes between the ears, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and that's, you know, and that's the difference between a prof prof uh, professional player and a, 
you know, an amateur or a college or a youth player, whatever it is, you know, and um, it's funny, you know, when you get around some of these professional guys, the, the atmosphere and the kind of the intensity when they're training, you know, you can feel it even if you're just watching, <laughs> you know, it's, it's so different. So I think a lot of people don't realize too, in these off season times, this is a great time for a kid or a parent or a coach mm-hmm. and, or a big leaguer, a 15 year right. big leaguer to step back and kind of review what happened that year. Yeah. You know, see what my strengths were, what my weaknesses were, and then come up with a decent like idea of, okay, going into this spring, I want to be better in a, these few areas. Right. How can I get there? Like yeah. have a, have a little bit of a plan and a purpose when you go yeah. through Brett, like say yeah. Brett, you know, I would like to uh, work on, you know, I was just felt a little fumbly on ground balls. I don't mm-hmm. feel like my feet were under me, blah, blah, blah. Right. Or this was an issue. And then, then, then you can have a good idea of, okay, this is what they're really needing here. Maybe we right. do more agility with them this yep. off season than we did before. Same way with the swing. Mm-hmm. Like, people always say, how do I get more power? Uh, power and throwing like arm strength and, and power when you're hitting mm-hmm. naturally improve as you go. Yep. There are things you can do to help with the process, mm-hmm. but it, it's like you said, you don't, you can't just, the average person's not just going to walk into a weight room and put up three, 300 on the bench press right away. Right. Like you have to understand, enjoy the process and use the process to get better as you go. And what you do is that's why your mechanics are developing properly. Your mm-hmm. body's developing properly. And it's, you don't go from 14 to the big leagues overnight. Yeah. Well, I so, think so a lot of people, they want do that. that. <laughs> a lot of people want that though. Yeah. Be in the big leagues tomorrow, Andy. How do I do it? I'm like, you're 14. You got a ways to go. Like, here, start working. That's the only way you're going to do it. Yeah, and I think I think you can speak to that point from a from a from a training standpoint and a baseball standpoint because I have some parents that you know it always seems to be the parents that come to me and you know they want their kid going from deadlifting two hundred pounds to five hundred pounds or you know whatever it is and mm-hmm. um, I think if people understood their long term goal I think it would really change the way they look at their development you know if you if your goal is to play in major league baseball hey man that's a great goal to have mm-hmm. but if you're twelve years old and you're you're not on the top team at your organization or your child ball team whatever it is. You know, who cares? You know, you're 12. Yeah. You know, and, uh, if you're not there when you're 18, we might have something to worry about. But you still have five, six, seven years to develop. And mm-hmm. then for most guys, you know, you're going to have college as well. You know, so slow down and take a look at it. <laughs> yeah. And I that with that mindset, you enjoy the process so much more. Right. Oh, yeah. So you're a, you're a big book guy. You got a pretty big blog. Uh, right. And you've read a ton of books. I am mm-hmm. not a book reader. But right. I like talking to book readers because they gain a lot of information that I don't know. Right. What are, what are your, some of your best reads right now? You know, man, I'm one of those guys that's uh, you know I like reading. Um, you know, and this is gonna sound weird. Sometimes the training stuff is boring for me to read. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so like the X's and O's of you know get your you know get a better squat. You know, and however many days, whatever it is. You know, so I kind of read those. Uh, I don't want to call them personal help books. You know, more leadership type books. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a couple of one a couple I've read. Um, and if you're if you're ever an Eric Cressy fan, or you know he's a big strength guy down up in Boston, down in Florida, um, you know he talks about the book Legacy. Um, you know, just basically how to take ownership. You know, if you're under a team or with a team, or you're a coach or a player. Um, you know, I think it was the New Zealand uh, All Blacks rugby team that that, that was that was built for. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, just taking ownership of yourself, taking ownership of you know how you lead, what you do in the locker room, what you do on the field, and things like that. Um, a couple more in my field were. Um, 
start with why, you know, if whether you're a baseball player, whether you're a coach, whether you are a trainer, um, you have to have a why behind what you're doing. You know, if you're just kind of aimlessly going through something, you know, who cares? You know, if you are, you know, if you're, if you're a kid playing baseball and you're out in the field, you know, pitching or hitting and somebody comes and you know, why are you hitting? Uh, I don't know. My dad wants me out here. Mm. You know, that's probably not a very good why, you know, um, you know, another one I, I tell people um, all the time to read, and this goes no matter what field you're in, um, is how to win friends and influence people. Um, just teaching these simple things, you know, like using people's names is very important. Mm-hmm. Uh, the that in that book. So, you know, those are kind of some of the more books I read. Um, I find those things fascinating. I know it's probably, probably a little weird, um, but things that help me become a better person. Well, that's what that's what life, business, everything, just because what you what you do for a living, I don't think mm-hmm. should define who you are. Right. I think you can use what you do for a living as a platform still. You know, you right. get to be around youth athletes uh, and, and all sorts of athletes, not just youth athletes, professional mm-hmm. athletes and all sorts of different people. And then also mm-hmm. probably just people in the, the civilian world or who yep. are 60 years old and just want to get in better shape. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So Absolutely. you get to talk to all those different people. And like you said, you, you need to be the person when you're talking through them. Why should I mm-hmm. listen to Brett? Like you got to right. be a motivator. You got to be a, yeah. an influence to get them to want to work. That's not yeah. easy to do. Yeah. And, and I think, and uh, from the, from the training standpoint, you know, and you, and you probably play for guys in baseball who are great managers, you know, who, who, you know, might not have been the base baseball coach, but can motivate you. And mm-hmm. you probably play for guys that are the complete opposite who, you know, the X's and O's of baseball, you know, they knew like the back of their hand, but they were just not pleasant people to be around. Uh, the training field is the same thing. You know, can you be a pleasant person? You know, from my aspect, if, you know, if people don't like being around me, you know, nobody's going to want to give me their money to, to hang out with me for an hour or two hours a day. <laughs> yeah. So um, how do yeah. you, so on a daily basis, because we all struggle with this. I, I know some mm-hmm. people, there's a few people that lie to me and they say, no, man, mm-hmm. I just wake up and I'm positive every day. I'm like, no, <laughs> right. man, there's nobody on the right. planet like that. Right. Like, right. I wish right. I was that. But I have to try really hard to be that on a daily basis. Like for you, I I get it because, you know, I went to the field and played baseball every single day for a long time. There are times it gets old. Mm -hmm. Like there's times that monotony kind of wears in. What do you do uh, as far as like, you know, those days where, man, you you feel like you need a boost and trying to get over this grind. What are you starting off right, man? (laughs) I got to have the coffee, right? That's Mm -hmm. that's early morning. So I'm usually up most mornings. You know, about five thirty, six o'clock. You know, mm-hmm. I have to be at work by six thirty. My work's just down the road from me, so it's not too far of a drive. Um, I think one big thing with me is, you know, getting in a routine. You know, I'm pretty consistent. My my work schedule every day is about six thirty to noon most days, mm-hmm. and then I have a break from about you know about noon till you know two thirty, three o'clock. Um, and we you know in that break time, I you know I set aside time to read, to write, to you know study, to look at research, you know whatever it is, just kind of you know mentally mentally stay sharp and on my game. And then I'm back at work by three thirty, you know whatever you know three thirty till usually most nights by eight o'clock. Um, so I think the routine is huge for me. Um, if I get out of that routine, I'm like most people, most athletes, I get a little irritable. Yeah. Um, you know, I think another thing is, and in, 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 in this goes for every field. Um, you know, I probably make my fiance blush a little bit saying this. Um, but I think you have to have a happy personal life. You know, if you're in a miserable relationship or you are, you know, just somewhere in your personal life where you're not happy, whatever it is, um, there's no way you can be the best trainer you can be, you know. Yeah. So, um, you know, I've, I've been, you know, with my fiance now for a couple of years. We get married in a couple of months and, you know, 
time with her has been excellent, you know, so that makes everything in my personal life so much easier. So, you know, on those days where you have a bad work day or, or whatever it is, you know, it makes it easier to come home and, and relax and kind of put things down for a little while. Yeah. Congratulations, man. That's awesome. Thank you. <laughs> we just had our third baby about a week and a half ago. So, oh, wow. Well, congrats, congrats to you. Yeah. Yeah. So life for, you know, life is always changing. That's one thing yeah. that you can always count on is, is life's going to change. How do you adjust to the changes and how do you, how do you benefit from them? I always right. try to remember and tell myself, like, I can really only control what I can personally control myself. Right. So even when, if, if, you know, I have a client or something's going wrong at work or whatever, but it's out of my control, I right. try, I do everything in my power not to let it affect me. Yeah. Cause I'll find myself, you know, one lead. It seems like once you let one get you, there, here comes another one and here comes another one. And then that's when right. that translates back at the house too. Mm -hmm. You know, oh, yeah. me and my wife are disagreeing on something or you and your parents are disagreeing on something. If you're a kid, like if it's something you can control, control it. But if, yeah. if it's not, sorry, but you can't put all of your time and effort and energy into worrying about things that you can't control. Yeah. Well, I think another thing too is, you know, and, and we haven't you know, talked about this too much, but, you know, write down your goals. You know, if your goal is to be a major league pitcher or, you know, in my case, you know, uh, and I'll be upfront about it. I want to be one of the top guys in the country, really in the world, you know, in, in baseball strength conditioning. You know, mm -hmm. and I know that seems like a lofty goal. I know some people probably listen to this like this guy's crazy. Let's just know my long term goal. You know, so when I have those days where, you know, a client cancels or a client asks me to stay an hour later or, you know, I haven't eaten anything all day, you know, and I'm, I'm kind of complaining about it. You know, I just got to kind of think like, dude, you know, this is what you signed up for. You know, mm -hmm. this is what you want to do. It's not always going to be smooth. You know, sometimes it's going to be bumpy sailing. So, you know, and I kind of, just, you know, think of that long-term goal. Like, okay, you know, if, this, if that's where I want to be, I got to stop complaining about this. You know, I need to, I need to get through this, you know, get on to the next thing and move on. Uh, you know, in baseball, if your goal is to play Major League Baseball and you're sitting there complaining about a Sunday practice because, you know, you wanted to sleep in, well, then, dude, you know, I, I kind of question how bad do you want to play. Um, you know, I get kids that come to me all the time. And one thing I always ask kids that train me, you know, day one, I say, you know, not strength-related, what are some goals that you want to accomplish in your baseball career? And I always seem to get the, I want to play at, you know, Vanderbilt or I want to play at South Carolina or, you know, I don't play, I'm going to get drafted out of high school. I'm like, that's an awesome goal to have, man. Um, so, you know, you said you can train Saturday morning, you know, you want to be, you want to be here at nine o'clock. Uh, you know, that's a little too early for me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, well, <laughs> you know, Vanderbilt, uh, I'm pretty sure, you know, they, they don't think that's too early. Well, <laughs> and I just put out a quote that basically said, you know, this weekend going into the weekend, if you're a player and you right. have a goal, say you do want to go play at Vanderbilt. I guarantee that there's somebody else out there that wants to play at Vanderbilt that this weekend mm -hmm. is going to go train. I right. guarantee it. There's a kid out there that's more hungry than you. There's a person yeah. out there that's more hungry. Same way with us and our businesses and stuff. Like a lot of motivation is knowing that somebody, you don't know them. Right. But there is somebody that wants to go get what you have already built. Yeah. And there's somebody that you need to go chase down that's got what you want. Right? Absolutely. And, and I you know, think speaking, that's a big mindset. Oh, yeah. And speaking to young kids out there right now, you know, if you're 14 years old and, and you are the best player in your state right now, you know, the perfect game rankings came out or whatever it is, and they got you ranked number one. I guarantee you that kid who you're probably not even thinking about probably isn't even close to you in rankings, you know, mm -hmm. especially the younger you are. He's probably three or four tiers down. Mm -hmm. But when you're 18 and like you said, when we first got on that puberty hits, you know, and, and different things take over. 
um, you know, that hard work he put in all those years where he wasn't quite equal with you is going to pay off. And that's why I really do believe the big leagues is more achievable than most people would ever imagine. Here's yeah. why. Because we're, we're told our whole lives, oh, you know, 0.0001% play in the big leagues, right? Right. But if you have some talent and ability, you got to mm-hmm. remember that, that kid that's the, the first, the number one prospect uh, in his state at 14 years old, right. he's probably not going to make it. Right. The, the first round draft picks, how, there's just time and time again, they don't make it. Right. And then, like me, I was an eighth round draft pick and I made mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Like, there's me, there's Donnie Kelly. Do you think Dustin Pedroia, when he was 14, everybody was like, wow, he's the best player ever? Right. Of course not. Well, I think, I think, I think the classic example in baseball that I always heard growing up was Mike Piazza. Yeah. You know, Mike, I can't remember what round it was. It was something crazy far low. But I think the Dodgers drafted him as like a favor to somebody. Yep. <laughs> you know, it's like, yep. and uh, he's one of the best catchers of all time. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. Know? So you never know. What happens is, and this is what I always try to stress to guys you have to learn to be the best baseball player you can be. Mm-hmm. We get so, we do get so caught up in a world of statistics and 60 times and, you know, launch angle and all this stuff, yeah. which yeah. a lot of it's cool. And it's, and it can, I think it can benefit players if used properly but Mm -hmm. if it doesn't translate to value on the baseball field somehow right that's why it's good for these you know if a kid comes to you like what does he want to be good at right is he does he want to be a a sick middle infielder Mm -hmm. you're gonna have to have massive amounts of agility you're gonna have to be like an amazing athlete and you can do the jump throw in the hole like the jeter throw you know oh yeah like you have to do that and then if what do you want to be as a hitter like if you're if you're six foot four and 240 pounds and you can't run really well mm-hmm. you better be able to hit the ball out of the right. ballpark yeah. <laughs> you know what i'm saying right, right. like yeah. people just i i hate it when people just they get it so twisted that if i do exactly what everybody else is doing and approach it that same way that i'm right. going to see better results and i'm like right you have to learn to separate yourself guys like you have to do things that other people aren't willing to do. First of all, yeah, you know, offer 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 something unique. You know, every every kid that comes to me, I, I shouldn't say every kid. I would say majority of kids that come to me in some respect. Um, I deal do with a lot of pitchers, so keep that in mind. But a lot of people come to me and say, you know, I want to increase my velocity, you know, enter whatever miles per hour. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and these kids that throw, you know, seventy seven and they're seventeen years old, and I'm like, you know, I'm not trying to, you know, persuade you to do something else, but maybe there's something else on the baseball field we can offer because I've got a lot of confidence in what I do. I've got a lot of, you know, trust in my in the process I take with kids. But if you're throwing 77, 78, and you're expecting to get to 98 in a year, you know, we're probably not going to get there. No. Yeah. So, um, you know, maybe you're, maybe you're a great middle infield. Maybe you're a great defender. Maybe you are very fast, you know, and, you know, you're, you know, you're the next Dave Roberts in the World Series when he's still a base for Boston back in 04. Mm-hmm. You know, you're something like, you know, somebody like that, you know. But, you know, find something you can offer, you know, and it might not be pitching. It might be outfield. It might be a pitch hitter. It might be – it might be you're you're a good enough ball player to be on the team, but you're a great clubhouse guy. You know, people love having you around. Mm-hmm. You know, how many times in Major League Baseball have you know we've seen a team bring on a veteran who, yeah, they're not as good as they used to be and probably shouldn't be in Major League Baseball, but they're just a great motivator. They're they're great leaders. You know, they get the young guys going. You know, yeah. whatever it is. So you know, always offer something unique um, and try to find that. And, you know, and, and one thing I was always shy about when I you know coming up, you know, ask coaches what you can do. You know. Um, you might not even be aware, you know, you know, what you're doing, what you're not doing. So, you know, don't be, don't be shy to ask people, you know, you know, coach, you know, give me some, give me, give me some advice on what I should do, you know? 
without a doubt. If you if you understand what role you need to provide, you can do a way better job at it. Right. Like if I know if I have a, a somebody comes to me and they say, "Hey, I want to be. How do I become a better baseball player?" Well, come on. Like <laughs> you know, I can't I can't work with that. What do you want right. to be? Like, do you want to be? Are you an outfielder? Okay. Right. What do you want to get better at in the outfield? Then you start breaking it down. Yeah. I always tell kids to make a list and be extremely honest mm-hmm. of what skills do you actually have. Right. So the kid that throws 76 miles an hour off the bump and he's 18, mm-hmm. velocity is not your skill. You're not going to get drafted throwing right. 76. We right. can't take, you can't take a 76-mile-an-hour thrower in a year and turn yeah. him into somebody that's going to get drafted. Yeah. If, well, you know, and, and uh, yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. Um, I, I think, you know, another, another thing people always tell me is, you know, everybody always – wants to train with me with the goal in mind that they almost want to be that five tool guy you mm-hmm. know run fast feel hit for power average all that stuff and i'm like that's great but you know if you even think about major league baseball how many five tool players really are there in major league baseball you know even some of the best players in the game are not five tool guys you know they might be able to hit and crush at 500 feet but they you know take you know 40 seconds to run a second base you know so i I think sometimes being realistic with those goals as well, you know, can, you know, yeah, we always want to shoot for the stars, but sometimes it's got to take a step back and be like, okay, you know, if I'm running a 40 yard dash in seven seconds, I'm not going to be a four, two guy next year. Yeah. I hate it. And this is what happens is we're so conscious and I'm, I'm so worried about what I'm not good at mm-hmm. that. I'm not getting better at the things that I'm good at. Right. I want right. to be, I want to be good at things that I'm not good at because I right. don't like it when other people are better than me. It, maybe it's running maybe it's uh, you know hitting the ball further and i work too much on that as opposed to hey how can i just make my game better today my game because mm-hmm. it's, yeah. it's it's the player's game yeah you know and then then uh go back to the five tool player how many mike trouts are there on planet earth yeah one no yeah like yeah. You, and to be honest like i don't think mike trout has the best swing <laughs> you know yeah. it's like yeah. he's just that good like some yeah. guys are just so good that it doesn't yeah. matter yeah, he's a he's an unreal athlete in general. Yeah, and I, if I look at his swing, I'm like, I wouldn't want a, my kid to swing like that. Yeah, it works for Mike Trout, mm-hmm. but would that swing work for Andy Dirks? Uh, yeah. Probably not. I'm not that good, so I had to find a swing that would work for for me. <laughs> you right. know? Yeah. But play to your strengths. Miguel Cabrera isn't the fastest guy on the planet. Yeah. What he learned was he could hit the ball. And he oh, could yeah. hit the ball, and he could hit the ball. And what did he yeah. really work hard at? Hitting the ball, man. Yeah. Like, and there, and there, there was what a, a three or four year period. You know, when when you, you know you were probably with him. Yeah. Like, is is anybody getting this guy out? No, he was. A, he's incredible. But yeah. he worked. He had the greatest ability, and then worked on that great ability even more. Right. Where most of us, what we do is what we're already great at. Like, if you're a fast runner, I hate it when I see fast runners that can't steal bases. It drives me nuts. I'm yeah. like, dude, you, you've worked on being fast and you're naturally fast, but you've never worked on stealing bases. Yeah. Like, how do we translate that first step, that timing and different things? Mm-hmm. And that's stuff that these 12-year-olds, that's, a tr- that's training. Like, that's yeah. becoming better. Pitchers. It's, it's, pitchers. It's, 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 I see them all the time. They, they got great arms. They got this and this. They don't even know yeah. what a balance point is. I'm like, <laughs> right. at night. Like, you know, guys. To, to me, it's, there's a couple of things there. It's a crossover between what I do and training. Um, and I think it's also just watching the game. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think enough kids really, really actually watch the game 
and study the game and, and listen to greats. Like, you know, I grew up in Atlanta, you know, so listen to guys like Greg Maddox or Tom Glavin or John Smoltz, you know, guys like that, you know, listen to, listen to them talk about baseball. You know, it would kind of, it would almost like blow your mind in the sense, you know, things that they know, knowledge that they've picked up on. Um, I don't think enough kids spend enough time, you know, uh, kind of putting themselves in the culture of the game, you know, understanding certain situations or understanding, you know, everybody talks about, you know, everybody where I come from wants to talk about below, you know, how do I increase velocity? How do I throw harder? Um, and if you can throw 99 to hundred, that's awesome. But you know what, if you can throw 94, 95 and you've got a Greg Maddox changeup, that goes from 94 till, you know, 80, you know, that's something right there. So I, I think, you know, like, you know, you were talking about, you know, understand the game, but also, you know, learn how to mesh that with your training as well. Yeah. And with pitchers, locate your fastball. Right. I don't care. It doesn't – We nobody's got time for somebody. They don't care if you throw – you might get a little more of an opportunity if you throw 98. Right. But if you can't locate it and throw strikes, big league yeah. hitters hit 98. Yeah. Uh, so I, I guarantee every guy at MLB can hit a 98 mile power fastball. You have to. So the hitters, yeah. we, we learn to hit them. But if we don't have to swing at them, we get first base over and over and over. Because most mm-hmm. of the guys with arms like that, they and now the way the bullpens are structured, they turn into a reliever, right? Yep. The number one de- detriment out of the bullpen is ball four. Yep. That is yep. what really, what, from my experience of watching guys and just being around the game, when guys come in, the best relievers of all time, mm-hmm. they're not going to have their best stuff every single day. But what they do do is they command the game. They go yep. in, they throw strikes, they're getting guys out, they get to their, their nasty off-speed pitch, whatever mm-hmm. whatever it is, you know, their bread and butter. But – when I was in rookie ball, I broke my hand in my, my third professional game. So mm-hmm. I rehabbed in, in Lakeland, Florida, and I played 10 games in the Gulf Coast League, which is mm-hmm. rookie ball, right? The, the lowest level uh, right. baseball. And they had right. 17-year-old kids from uh, Venezuela, the Dominican Republic, and then young, young guys, pitchers that they had drafted straight out of high school. And it, it's literally like I, I just don't think that they know. To me, they were just kids. Yeah, absolutely. Like they hadn't hit that maturity point, right? Yeah. So that's another step that, that you have to get over that hump too. But these guys, they throw in 98, 95, 96, mm-hmm. but it was to the backstop. Yeah. They never, right. they are never going to get out of rookie ball ever Yeah. until they can throw, throw a strike, throw, command the strike, you know? Right. Well, you know, and, and we see it, we see it on, you know, on, on the baseball side of things. We see it on the strength conditioning side of things. You know, and I and I hate when I see it. It is these these guys that whether they're selling a strength program or whether they're selling a throwing program, or whatever it is. You know, they they almost like it's like I guarantee results. You know, throwing harder. Mm-hmm. And you know, I to me it's a bit irresponsible. You know, you're taking two completely different, you know, fourteen year old kids who are, you know, one might be have a beard, one might not. You know, still have a you know a, a light voice and that hasn't touched puberty yet. Mm-hmm. Trying to sell them the same program with the promise of throwing harder. And, I, I, you know, I don't know how much longer this – I don't want to call it a thing, but how much longer we put so much emphasis on velocity, you know, in baseball. Um, I hope it's not longer, but it seems to be getting worse and worse where, like, you know, okay, how hard is hard enough now? Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. like that's all – that's almost all we talk about is, you know, velocity, 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 velocity. He throws 98 in the infield. He throws 94 on the mound. He throws whatever from my home plate. And it's just gotten – it's almost like gotten like, you know, I'm going to find a trainer. I'm going to find a coach that can get me there, you know. And I, I, I can't totally blame kids, but 
you know, from an adult standpoint, we have to kind of take a step back and, okay, you know, is putting a radar gun behind a, a 12-year-old the best thing for them? You know, in, in my opinion, it's not. But, yeah. Um, so. Everything. So, I don't do anything like that. So, everything that gets your game rights about is more actual usable drills, skills, stuff like right. that. But then the, the mental side. Mm-hmm. The biggest separating factor between any athletes on the planet, at whatever level it, it, they're at, is between mm-hmm. the ears. Yeah, I agree. So it, whether you're a 12-year-old or you're in a, playing in the NBA against Michael right. Jordan back in his right. heyday, right? Yeah. The things yeah. that separate, really separate players, the guys who are putting in the work and then start understanding the game and then understanding how to translate their game to add value and then mm-hmm. are, are between the ears extremely solid. And yep. some of it goes back to those routines and things that we can use in life, right? But mm-hmm. that is the separating factor between these guys. Like Justin Verlander can throw hard, yes. But there's a lot of guys that can throw hard, as hard as Justin Verlander. Yeah. But he, he's found a way to always be good. Yeah. It's, you know, it's his it, between the ears. It's his mentality. Well, you know, watching that guy, you know, <laughs> I've never met him personally, but watching that guy you know, on the mound, he's got the – you can tell he's got a mindset like – I don't care who's the player. No, he ain't, he ain't getting a hit off me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he's got – it's it's uh, a confidence that mm-hmm. has come from, you know, results to a point. But it's also – like on game day, you don't talk – like nobody talks to him. He doesn't yeah. want to be talked to. He's yeah. like focused for that day. Yeah. And then he then the rest of the week, you know, he, he's got his routine. Him and Scherzer was the same way. Mm-hmm. Like they're there to do a job. Yeah. So when they were on the mound, it was like laser focus. Yeah, and that, that's how I want all my pitchers to be. You know, yeah. I want my pitcher. Yeah. I want my pitcher to be the goofball on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, right? And then on on uh, Friday, I want him to be dialed in and ready to rock. Yeah, you know, and, and kind of talking to some of the kids out there right now that are listening. You know, you know, you know, you said you know Verlander on game base, you no, know, nobody talks to him. You know, and I think that you know, obviously it works for that guy. Mm-hmm. You know, but find something that works for you. You know, you might be the guy that has to go before a start and kind of you know crack a few jokes with mm-hmm. people or kind of loosen up, and, and sh- you might be the guy. You know, who nobody taught me today. You know, so you know, find something that works for you. Or you, you know, you got to listen to some music. Maybe you walk around the field for a little while. You know, you get acquainted with you know your surroundings. Um, you know, find something that works for you. And, and I think that can only be done with experience. Um, you know, I don't expect kids 12, 13 years old to, to understand that just yet. But as you get older and older and older, just kind of keep in mind, okay, I had a great start today. You know, what did I do last night? What mm-hmm. did I do this morning? You know, I had a terrible start. Was it just one of those days? You know, and there's no perfect answer. If I had to answer for all those questions, you know, I'd be a, I'd be a billionaire. You know? yeah. so, um, but, yeah, no, understand what works for you the best. And, and the same thing goes to, for, you know, from, my, from my standpoint, from training, you know, I get the best results out of the kids, not because I'm the greatest trainer, but because so many kids I work with, it's all on them as well. And they do come in with a great mindset of I'm here to get stronger. I'm here to, I'm here to learn. I'm here to get better. You know, if you, if you come in with an attitude of, I don't care to be here, you know, it's, it's cold outside right now. I want to go home. You know, it doesn't matter what I'm doing. You know, my, my training program is not going to help you out. So, um, you know, I, I get a lot of credit for guys I work with, but at the same time, you know, I'll give most of the credit back to them because it's, it's the attitude and the intensity they bring to the, to the training table. You're going to get out of it what you put into it. The cool thing about uh, that I really, really like, especially with the, the strength side and the performance side, if, mm-hmm. you're, if you're busting it in there, it's mm-hmm. harder to let yourself fail. Yeah. It yeah. just is. Like it, w- throughout my whole career, when I was like getting after it, uh, doing you know strength training or, or whatever, 
off the field in the off season doing things. Mm -hmm. When I, when I came to the season, I wouldn't let myself fail. Right. Like if I, if I had a bad week or a bad first month or whatever it was, like I, I, tr I put in too much effort to just yeah. let this slide. Right. Yeah. Well, I'm going to figure it out. Those guys always figure it out quicker. Yeah. Because they put well, in so much work. Yeah. Well, I think, I think from a mental standpoint too, it's like taking a test in school. You know, if you know you've prepared and you know, you've put in the time and effort that other guys have not put in, you know, you step out there on the field and it gives you a sense of confidence. Mm -hmm. You know, if you spent the entire offseason sitting on your backside, you know, playing video games, you know, and you're facing the, the country's best pitcher, you know, you all of a sudden don't feel so confident about what you're doing. And then kind of the back of your mind, you're like, man, I wish I would have done this. I wish I would have done that. You know, and I, and I would say, you know, don't don't be that guy. You know, you, your career is not going to last forever, you know, and, and I'm, I'm 31 years old and I feel like I'm, I'm still pretty young in my field. But the reality of it is in baseball, 31 is kind of like, hey, man, we need to start talking about your 401k. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, understand that, you know, when you're 18, 19, 20, you know, the game and, and you know, you went to college like I did, you know, it seems like it's going to last forever. And all of a sudden you turn around, you're 25, 26, and you're like, man, like, I've only got a few years left, if that, you know. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, take advantage of the time you have. Without a doubt. Preparation cures a lot of confidence issues. Mm -hmm. Confidence is one of the biggest fact issues I see with young kids. Uh, I, I had it, confidence issues. Adults have confidence issues. Like we, we always don't give ourselves credit right. of how good we can really be or how good we actually are at something. I think that's a driving yeah. factor, but I also don't want, want to see kids like that false confidence of, well, I'm just going to go out here and look cool because I saw the guy uh, last night, you know, for the Tigers or for the Braves, uh, you know, he did something cool on second base. So that's, that's not their, their confidence came from today. And it's yeah. snowing here in Michigan. I know you don't have snow there, but they went in no. and they, they, they're doing a, a agility training program today. Right. That's where that confidence came to let them be successful at that level. Yeah. Well, you know, I think another thing, you know, we probably speak to you guys a ton about this, but, you know, don't be afraid to fail. I know it sounds very cliche, but, I mean, if you're going to fail at something, man, you know, learn from it. You know, if your goal was to make the number one travel team at your, at your organization and you made the second team and you're 13 – you know, was it, was it disappointing? Yeah, absolutely. But learn from it. Get better from it, you know. Um, don't just take failure as, okay, well, I'm done now, you know. And I think that goes for any field. Um, obviously, we're speaking about baseball, but I see so many young kids um, that I work with get so discouraged, you know, whether they make the JV team instead of varsity or the mm. second team instead of the first team, you know. Use that to motivate you a little bit, man. Prove that coach wrong or whoever, you know, whoever yeah. it is. And that comes, that comes from inside the kid. Yeah, the number and after talking to several people on this podcast and just in life, successful people at all sorts of different levels, usually their biggest fears come from what the outside world is seeing or thinking of yeah. them. So when yeah. they, when they when they make the JV team and not the varsity team, they think everybody's laughing at them because they're not good yeah. enough to play varsity baseball. Right. Yep. Yep. That's where that real pain comes mm -hmm. in a lot of times. Right. If you can get out of that mindset alone and just be yeah. like JV is an opportunity <laughs> For me to show them what I can do to go make the varsity team, like yeah. that's your opportunity at that moment. Yeah, you don't you don't always get to choose your opportunity. Mm -hmm. Like you said, eventually what happens is your opportunity is gone in baseball. Yeah, like mine yeah. was gone after my second back surgery. They're like, "Hey, uh, surgeon said no more baseball, Andy." And I was like, "Are you serious?" Like, 
-hmm. That's what I do, you know, but it's like my opportunities at that point were gone. And and it's a tough reality to face, but until your opportunities are gone in baseball, just be excited for whatever opportunity you have today to go and get better and go and play. If you're on the JV team, go see Brett, go see his program, get on that varsity team. Like don't make excuses. Go, go be the, the best player on that JV team. Yeah. You know, anything, anything worth doing is worth doing right. <laughs> you know, Without so. a doubt, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. So, you know, it's been great talking to you. you I, I can just tell you have a lot of knowledge. Once again, you can go check out, uh, what's your website again, Brett? It's just, it's brettcumminstraining.com. Brettcumminstraining.com. Go check it out. Uh, thank you so much for being on the show. If you want to get better in baseball, there's a lot of different ways to do it. The first thing you need is information. Credible mm-hmm reliable information brett's program for everything that i've seen it's it's a real deal it's not one that you just say he's gonna spam you with email and say you need to buy this product and you get it and it's awful right right (laughs) so and there's a lot of that out there right now and that's the same thing i'm trying to build over here with some different stuff uh giving information i think it parents deserve it kids deserve Mm -hmm. it coaches deserve it there's too much bad information we need to start coming together as a community and getting the good stuff out right so that'll wrap it up for the get your game right podcast brett doesn't just get your biceps bigger i thought maybe that's what it was going to be about but he does a lot more uh brett thanks so much for being on the show man i appreciate it man thank you for having me yeah have a great day you too